Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) All right. Well, I got one last thing. One last thing during worship. God, God, uh, impressed upon me. He said, go over by those doors over there. Uh, I got something for you to release. And, and I'm looking over there, and, I, and I, I don't even see anyone over there. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing over there. And uh, I start to head over there, and, uh, and then I get halfway there. I still don't see anyone over there. So I, I hesitate, and right then Megan Tate crosses me. She goes, hey, you need to go over there. And I'm like, okay, that's where I'm going. And I get over there, and uh, there's, there's um, several teenage girls sitting over there, and I just went and released the Father's blessing on them. Uh, but one of them in particular I felt just had a word for us. So Alexis, where are you? Come on up here. Come on, this is Alexis Tate. This is uh, Eddie and Megan's daughter. And I said, I said, something's on you. Just come, uh, just come share with me by the end of worship what God's impressing on your heart. So I'm just going to give her a minute just to share with you what she shared with me. Yeah, so um, I was just sitting there on the side, and I was asking God what, um, what I should be feeling and, like, what I should have my heart on tonight. And he told me to think about, like, the weak and the poor and, like, people who are really in need of stuff right now. And... Um, so I just started praying, and for some reason, I thought of a dream that I had of my grandma a couple weeks ago, and it was that she turned into a red robin and soared away, and when I told her that dream, she almost got offended because she wasn't an eagle, and I was like, okay. I was like, okay, well, like, why does she want to be an eagle? So then I looked up the meaning, and it means freedom, and as soon as I saw that, worship started escalating, and I was like, okay, God, like, I want more, like, give me something, and so he led me to the verse Isaiah 40, 31, and it says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings, mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint, and yeah. That's it, but I just thought it was cool. Come on. That's what, God's, that's what God is doing over his people right now. So I'm just going to have, have her pray. If you want renewed strength to mount up on wigs like eagles right now, just stand to your feet, and she's going to pray for us and just release that blessing. Yeah, God, thank you for everyone here tonight, and thank you for everyone around the world, God. For anyone who's just looking for strength, God, just give your working hands and just put your working hands on these people and work through them, God. Yeah, just send your angels to everyone right now, their house, if they need help there, family problems or any money problems or just anything in general, God, just so into them right now and just put your hands on them right now, God. Yeah, just give everyone the strength they need. Just let them walk out of here tonight feeling way more strength than they had walking in here, God. Just give them encounters during this next word, God. Just throughout their life, they don't need to be in church, God. Just so into them constantly, 24-7. Just keep filling them up, God. Just give them the strength that they need and show them in the ways that only you know how, God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Stay right there. I just want, I just want to pray for her. Extend your hands towards her. Because I, I see you in a cap and gown, um, and it, there's a graduation, but it's not a, it's not a, a graduation in, in the natural, it's in the spirit. And so, Father, we thank you for the levels and the advancement that you're taking her to, and that there's a release that you have for her, Father, that she's stepping into a new season and a new release of the prophetic anointing, God, that's always been on her life. We release it over you now, huh? and we give you permission to soar. Whoa, you permission to mount up on wings like eagles with renewed strength in Jesus' holy and fiery name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you for sharing. So good. All right. Well, bless you all as you go tonight. Been a good evening. It almost feels like that, doesn't it? So I'm going to preach short. I'm going to keep it under two hours, I promise. 
<laughs> but I do, I do have a message on my heart. I really, really do. And obviously, it's Father's Day weekend, and uh, and I really, and I've been on this theme actually, um, a series, if you will, talking about the the nature of the father, and uh, and uh, that series started several weeks ago, and and uh, and other other speakers have. Um, interjected, so it's, it's been broken up, but I've really been on this theme about the nature of the Father and our, and our connection as sons and daughters in Him. Aren't you glad that we have a good Father? Yeah. And so I want to talk to you tonight about um, father, fathering from heaven, fatherhood from heaven. Thank you, Jesus, because do you know that that most of the major issues in our society in the world right now can be tracked back to you. Uh, scientifically and statistically, they can be tracked back to you, whether it's drug addiction, whether it's uh, poverty, whether it's crime, abuse, that they can be tracked back to fatherlessness. And the reality is that fatherlessness is the, is the greatest pandemic of our era. But where, wherever there is lack and need, there's always the God of abundance. Whenever it looks hopeless, we always have Jesus who breaks in. We always have the but God reality because we serve the God of more than enough. And he's not just the God of more than enough. He is himself a good father. And I believe that God wants to release an anointing of fatherhood and fathering on his bride. I believe that tonight God wants to bless some individual men with, with an anointing of fathering. But even more than that, I believe that God wants to, to release an anointing of fathering on a community. Because father, fathering and fatherhood is what's going to change the narrative. It's what's going to reverse the story. It's what's going to shatter all the paradigms and change everything. When our good father draws near. And, you know, I've been on this series. And just for a catch up, you know, uh, a few weeks ago I preached a message called The Father's Arms Are Still Wide Open. And uh, one of my favorite parables in the Bible out of Luke 15, the prodigal son. And those of you that know the story, we know the story of the prodigal son, that, that he asked for his inheritance from his father early. His father was still alive and kicking and doing well, but he said, I want my inheritance now. And then the father divided it to him, and he went off into a far land, and he wasted all of his inheritance with prodigal living. Which means he an expansive living, an unsaved living, exasperated, unsaved living. And, and he wastes all of his inheritance, and he ends up feeding pigs to try to, to, try to, to make ends meet. And it says that he came to himself. Basically, he had an epiphany. He had a light bulb moment. Anybody ever had a light bulb moment? Like, wow, I really need, I really need God. He came to himself and he said, oh, what am I doing? He was looking at the pig's food and the pig's food looked good. And in that moment he woke up and he said, oh, what if I return home to my father's house? Maybe he will receive me as a servant. He wasn't, he wasn't thinking he was, his mentality wasn't, I want to come home as a son. His mentality was simply, I w maybe he'll receive me as a servant. But as the story goes, the, the, the son returned, and the father saw him from a long way off, and he went running. And in Luke 15, verse 20, it says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. When he was still a far way off, his father ran to him. And it goes on, he threw his arms around him, he kissed him, and he completely restored him, not as a servant, but as a son. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Because that is, that is the representation of our heavenly father, our good father. Amen? 
And so he, the story goes on that he puts the robe on him and the ring on the fingers and the sandals on his feet, and he, and he throws a great party, and he restores him as a son. And the, the point of that is that the father was ready to receive the son before the son was ready to be received. The son was just thinking maybe he would be accepted, if at all. Because there was a chance he could get stoned, but he thought, maybe there's a chance I could be accepted by a servant. But guess what? That wasn't the heart posture of the father. And then uh, I preached another message the other week about approval versus affection. And which are we set sowing our energy into what are we pursuing in God, approval or affection? And how many people know both are needed? Amen? Like we want to be approved by God. Amen? That we want, we want approval, but the reality is that we've already been approved of. How many people think that the work that Jesus did on the cross was efficient? That what that Jesus did, he reconciled us to the Father. Amen? That he cleansed us from our past. He broke off the, the cycle of uh, sin and shame. And he restored us to the Father. He reconciled us back. And he won approval for us again. Amen? Amen? So if we're trying to win approval that Jesus already won for us, we're actually undoing what he's already done. So, so our, our energy, our pursuit shouldn't be for what Jesus has already won for us. It should be for the affection of the Father. <laughs> because it's the affection that changes everything. Obviously, Jesus' blood is saving grace. But, but once we jump into his lap, all of the reality of the kingdom and his nature and his goodness become real. Not just in story, not just for someone else, but for us. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And do you know that the, the, the affection of the Father, do you know that the Bible refers to him, uh, the, the one with the voice as many waters, like a waterfall, continually crashing in. Do you know affection, like a waterfall, carves pathways? And it carves, carves pathways for greater connection and greater intimacy. They were called to jump on his lap. Amen? Amen? And then I preached a message two weekends ago called When God Hovers. And it was out of Genesis 1-2, and that God hovered over the void, over the deep. But, in this, but that word hover in the Hebrew isn't just our Western, it's not just floating. It, not just, God didn't just float. He hovered, and some translations say brood. And that same word for hover in different variances all throughout the Bible is translated womb. Because where God hovers, life is birthed. And new, new things come forth where the presence of God is hovering. How many people think the presence of God is hovering in here? <laughs> and you know, John 10.10 10 tells us that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. You know that those two things are happening simultaneously. The devil is trying to steal, kill, and destroy, but at the same time, Jesus is releasing life and life more abundantly. And those things are happening parallel at the same time. They're not flip-flopping. They're not trading seasons. It's not a tennis match, right? They're happening at the same time. But the key is, what are we paying attention to? Because they're both happening. We get to choose where we're focused and what track that we're standing on. And we're in a season, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> Where the enemy is trying to get our eyes distracted off of the abundance of God. He's trying to get our eyes on lack and in fear. And he is doing that. We can't deny it. It's not, it's not that it's untrue. It's just that there is a truer reality. And that we can choose to step over here. 
And do you know that in the, in the hovering, uh, what, the formless and void, the actual language was, it was chaotic and wild. And that's where God came and hovered. And also, Jesus in the New Testament says to Jerusalem, oh, that I could gather you under my wings like a mother hen would gather her chicks. And he says this, he's speaking this into a season of chaos and a season of turmoil and persecution. But there's something about unrest that draws on the heart of a father to come running and to hover. But where God hovers, new life is released. I want to ask you, are you aware of the hovering of the Father? Because if you are, new things, new ideas, new inspiration, new breakthroughs are going to spring forth in this season. And other people think like, oh, this is, this is, this is a season of loss and, and, and going backwards. And, and, and you're like, no, I'm advancing. I just got a new dream. I got a new vision. I got a new breakthrough. I got, I got God is expanding me and my household. <laughs> People are going to be like, what? I need to know the God that you know. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> and he's a good father. <clears throat> you know, I believe that God is releasing a movement of fathering. A movement of fathering. And I'm not just talking to, talking to the men. I'm talking to our whole community. Because in Genesis, it also tells us that he created them, male and female, both in his image. That God carries the nature of both. And we both can access his nature. It's only together that we're the full representation of the Father. But I believe he's releasing a movement of fathering. And fatherhood. I had a dream many years ago. And uh, in this dream, I was in Washington, D.C., in the dream. And, I, and I'm walking up to the Lincoln Memorial in the dream. And I'm looking at the Lincoln Memorial, and it's at nighttime in the dream. And uh, uh, it's all lit up, and I'm, I'm just looking at it, and it's really big. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. But as I'm looking at it, I feel this anointing start to come on me. Like, in the dream, like someone is physically laying hands on me. And I become aware of this anointing. I'm like, wow, this, is, this feels like someone's laying hands on me. And then it gets stronger and stronger. And I'm thinking to myself, in the dream, I'm like, this anointing is so strong. It's like Benny Hinn or David Hogan or Randy Clark or you name it. It's, it's laying hands on me and releasing all they have. And it keeps getting stronger. And in the dream, I start shaking and trembling under this anointing. And then as this is happening, I see an, uh, like an elect electricity arc come off of a, uh, the Lincoln Monument and, and onto me, and I'm shaking under the anointing. And then, I, then I, I'm drawn to look behind me, and there's a whole sea of people behind me. At first it was just me, and then, and then there was this whole sea of people, and I knew in the dream that this sea of people represented a movement, and then as I'm shaking under the power of the anointing on the ark, the, the anointing electric ark that's coming from the Lincoln Memorial, it said the anointing of the forefathers. That was coming on a movement of people. And I inquired of the Father. I'm like, God, what, is, what does that mean? And I believe that although our, our forefathers were not perfect, that they had something that is lacking in, in leadership in general today. And that's this sense of a father of sacrifice. That I'm not doing this just for my embitterment. I'm not just doing this for what I can get out of it. I'm not doing this for my image or my profile. I'm doing this to serve others because I believe the best in them. And I thought it was really interesting that God brings this dream back up for this message in the current climate with all the racial tension and issues going on, the, the, this anointing came from the Lincoln Memorial. There's the anointing, a movement of fathering that's coming upon us.
Thank you, Jesus. You know, we have, as natural, natural fathers, we have this really uh, incredible assignment by God's design, by his, his creative design that earthly fathers are meant to be to, to, to young children, to babies and infants and young children. Fathers are meant to be the first impression of the nature of the heavenly father. And you know that, that what, is, what is imprinted from the, from the natural father is then transferred to the heavenly father. It's really true. What an incredible privilege and assignment that we have as fathers. That we get to release an imprint, that we get to represent the nature of the heavenly father to our children. Wow. Do you know that babies can read countenance? And I'm talking about infants. They, they don't even understand the words that are spoken. They don't understand the language, but they can read the countenance of their father. And something happens, something is communicated in that countenance that they begin to catch and understand the nature of a father. The heavenly father. And something happens when that father comes near that baby and the countenance expresses joy over and over again. There's a pathway being created in that child that says, I bring you joy. How many people know that's a powerful assignment right there? You know, repeated interactions. We're talking about the one with the voice of many fathers. That, that the nature of the father actually creates neural pathways. The natural father, their interaction with the child creates neural pathways in that child that then are later transferred onto the nature of their heavenly father. Their belief system about their father, their, the way they connect to their heavenly father is transferred in that very way. Let me... <clears throat> Let me read this. Uh, Gordon McDonald says, Words have an awesome impact. The impression made by a father's voice can set in motion an entire trend of life. Listen to this. If it's easy for a child to jump into their daddy's lap, then it will be easy for them to jump into their heavenly father's lap. If it's easy to find forgiveness in your earthly father, then it will be easy to recognize the forgiveness of your heavenly father. When you find in your earthly father, when you find in your earthly father, well, sorry, back up. Whatever you find in your earthly father, it will be easy for you to find in your heavenly father. What would be available when a whole generation of children grow up seeing the affirmation of heaven through their father's countenance. Come on. Am I speaking to anybody in here today? And, and again, this is going to shift more from individual fathers to this corporate father in anointing. But fathers, we have this incredible assignment that God actually lends to us his, his authority and his image to imprint to our children. Yeah, wow is right. That's kind of blows your mind when you think about it. But through that lens, I want to read this verse that most of us would be familiar with. The priestly blessing, Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. What happens when a generation of children are predisposed to run into the arms of their heavenly father? Because that is what they learned from their earthly fathers. I'm thinking this is a good word right here. <laughs> No, listen, follow me. What happens? We're, we're after revival in this house. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. We're after revival, but not a flash in the pan revival, not revival that lasts for two weeks or two months. We want, we want God transforming entire cities and regions and nations revival. 
Come on, can I get an amen to that? So in that, in that context, what does it look like when an entire generation of children are predisposed to run to the arms of their father because they learn that that's what's natural from their heavenly father, from their earthly father? That they learn that, oh, I can jump up in daddy's lap anytime. <laughs> they learn that when I mess up, I can quickly find forgiveness from my father. They don't have to hide their junk, their stuff, because they know that their father is forgiving and affirming. Whoa. What kind of move of God would be released in that place? Thank you, Jesus. You know, father can also happen in community. And some of us have had a, a great example of father's. And some of us, not so much. But the good news is, is that if you didn't have a great example of a father in the natural, how many people know that's not the end of the story? That's not the end of the story, because what God does by nature is he causes beauty to come forth from ashes. It's who he is. It's his nature. He makes beauty out of ashes. He's the redeemer of... Time. He can win with, with whatever hand he has dealt, and his blood rewrites everyone's story. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know that his blood rewrites everyone's story? And we all need different parts of our past, our history rewritten. Some of us had a good father, a good earthly example, but we had brokenness in other areas. And God needs to rewrite that. And some of us didn't have a great example, but God is good at rewriting that. Amen? We talked about that it's actually the, the void and the chaos that actually attracts the hovering of his nature. I don't know if we got that. <laughs> it's actually the void and the chaos that attracts the hovering of his nature. And his hovering releases new, new life. So if you have a void, if, you, if that area of your life is, cha is chaotic, if your memory is chaotic, that's exactly where God wants to come and hover and release newness of life. Come on, somebody say thank you, Jesus, for that. Listen, by God's design, we know that his design is for blessing to pass from generation to generation. Amen? That God is into generational blessing. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's into generational blessing. But God is also into doing a new thing when it's needed. <laughs> that, that, that some of us have had generational pa blessing passed to us, and our job is to run with that and to increase it. But if that wasn't passed to you, it's not the end of the story. You get to partner with him to write a new story. He wants to partner with you to, to turn history into his story. Thank you, Jesus. I'm about to get fired up. <laughs> Listen, that, that we, we love the idea of generational blessing, but if it wasn't passed to you, we don't have to repeat that cycle. He can start something new with you so that you can pass it on from you. And yes, he's into generational blessing, but, but listen, there's also something powerful about saying that you were the first, that something started with you. Listen, it's, it's powerful to say, listen, I'm the first one in my family to have graduated from college. Because now you're perpetuating, you're, you just created a platform for your children to stand on and their children to stand on. So if it wasn't passed to you, God wants to start something new in you. With his hovering. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. You know, that once God, once God heals you in an area, he then will take that area and he will use it as healing balm for someone else. That if God has delivered you from addiction, then he now gives you authority to deliver others from addiction. Thank you, Father. That, that, that God is going to release, even tonight, an anointing of restored fatherhood 
And he's going to rewrite some stories and some histories. And that even places that were broken, he's not only going to heal, but he's going to let healing oil flow from the healing. Whoa, thank you, Father. To heal others. You know, I am, a lot of years ago, the beginning of our, really my salvation kind of story and this Eddie and Megan were part of this journey, and but uh, a lot of years ago, I got my life changed. I don't know if we mentioned the youth camp coming up. Yeah, we did a uh, youth camp coming up, um, and uh, but my life got changed at a youth camp, like radically, radically transformed. Like encountered God on the floor, shaking, tears, open vision, saw Jesus. He came to me, imparted uh, a vision, direction, ministry. Like it was crazy. So much so that, that I got up off the floor and, and I went home from that youth camp and I walked into my apartment and my roommate saw me walk in the door and he said, who are you and what did you do with Joaquin? Like that's pretty radical transformation. <laughs> the only problem was I was 23 years old and I was there as, quote unquote as a counselor and he snuck, snuck me in as a counselor. And I'm like, I wasn't even quite sure if I was saved at that point. <laughs> but, but Eddie knew what he was doing. Eddie and God. Eddie and God are a good combo. And I had this encounter, and it, and it, cha- and it, changed, it changed everything. But in this encounter, like, the heavens were so wide open. And I mean, like, there was no filter, there was no shelf, there was no ceiling. It was just like, I, I was having open dialogue with the Father. And uh, whatever I was asking him, it was just open dialogue. And I was so undone, as being on the floor for an hour and just this whole, this whole evening. And, but after all this, I was out walking, uh, it was in the mountains, the retreat center, and I was out just walking the road in front of the camp. And I was just having this open dialogue with the Father. And, oh, he was just, I was just asking him all kinds of questions. And, and then this thought popped up in me. I remember I was 23 years old. This thought popped up in me. I'm like, God, you are, you are so real. Like right now, I'm just talking to you like you're standing right next to me. And I said, God, if, you were, if you're this real, you, you are this real, how come you waited till now to show up in my life? It's a valid question. I'm like, why didn't you get me when I was younger? And then the thought popped up. I said, God, why didn't you get my parents before I was even born? Then I could have grown up in this not knowing any different. And God answered me. And he said, I've allowed you and your family to go through the things that you've gone through because you're called to reach a whole bunch of people that the church as it is currently can't reach. What's the point? The point is God will take your brokenness and he will use it for healing for others. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. If fatherlessness is the greatest pandemic, if it is the problem in our landscape, then fatherhood is the solution. And if fatherhood is the solution then we need to raise up young people, not just to become adults, but to become fathers and mothers. Like literally to raise them up with the intention, not just like, hey, I'll get you out of the house and now I hope you make it. No, from the beginning, I'm raising you up to be an amazing father. And an amazing mother. Thank you, Jesus. There are many attributes of a father, and, and you, could list, you could list many of them there yourself. We would, we would say attributes of a good father would be provider, protector, teacher, and so on and so forth. But there's two that I want to hit. And the first is that the, a father is a vision caster. And I, I've been... I've been mentioned, I believe that God is releasing a movement of fathering. I believe there's actually an anointing for fathering that he is releasing. And listen, this, this hovering of this anointing rests on a community. 
So now I'm shifting. I'm not just talking to, to men. I'm talking to a whole community. Because we together have the ability to host God the Father. Amen? That, that when we call on God, what does it look like when an, an anointing of fathering is released over a community? And how many people know I'm not just talking about Bethel Austin? <laughs> like we want this anointing to come and break the yoke over a, a city, over a region, over a state, over a nation, and beyond. But we have to start with our sphere of influence. In this three-foot circle, I want the anointing. I want the fatherhood of heaven resting so that everyone that comes in this circle feels protected, feels provided, feels cared for, feels fought for. So I'm talking about the anointing of fathering. There's two things that I want to highlight. A father is a, a vision caster. A father speaks destiny. You know, Renee reminded me between the two services of a message I shared when our, when our, uh, our oldest child is, is a girl and our, second, uh, our, our next two are boys. But when our middle son, child, our son, was born, so my first son, and I'm holding him, his name's Asher. He's a little, little baby, and uh, he had some, he had some, you know, onesie pajamas with the zipper that goes all the way up, and, and on the pajamas it said, Daddy, Daddy's Little Hero. Oh, So sweet, but I remember look, holding him and looking at that, that label, and I had an encounter with God. And God says, that's how I feel about you. But I looked at my son and I was like, can so relate. Yes, this little, this little boy is my hero. But guess what? He couldn't even walk yet. He couldn't talk yet. He can't feed himself. He can't do anything but sit there and, and look cute. But, but he is my hero. Why? Because I've, as a father, I have more vision for him than he has for himself. Listen, I'm holding this little baby, and I have vision for him, all the things that he's going to be able to do and all the attributes that he's going to carry and all the breakthrough that he's going to bring to the world and all the contribution that he's going to bring. And I have vision for him greater than he has for himself. Now, what happens if that anointing rests on a whole community of people? Well, I want, you, I want you to imagine with me for a moment if, uh, if that anointing rests on a whole community of people and people walk into that anointing for the first time. People that have brokenness, but the hovering of the Father is there. Whoa. That people are delivered from relational pain when they walk in. People who don't have vision, that they receive vision when they walk in the door. You know what else a father does? A father breaks down and destroys every barrier and every wall. The father says, you can do it. A father says, you have what it takes. father says, you're going to go all the way. A father says, you're going to be amazing. And without that, we all look at the hurdles. We go, oh, I don't know if I have what it takes. And the father steps in and says, you can do it. But guess what? That anointing can rest on a man or a woman. That anointing can rest on a community. What if that anointing starts to rest on a city? People walk in, people who are, who are bound up in fear and trepidation and insecurity, they walk in thinking, I can't do it, I can't do it, and they walk in and that thing breaks off and they go, I can do it. I don't know, it just changed, but I believe, all of a sudden, I believe I can do it. I can accomplish it. I can win. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Fathers cast vision. And the last one that I think is probably the most overlooked and what is, what is lacking in, in society today more than ever 
and is what is being restored in the anointing of the forefathers. And that is, that is the place of sacrifice of the father. And we're not talking about just being a biological father, like you have the ability to produce a child. No, we're talking about stepping in. We're talking about heaven's fathering. And we have a lot of, we have a lot of biological fathers, but they're not, we have a lot of biological men, but they're not fathers. Listen, we, thank you, Jesus. We have people that are produced children, but they're not standing in the courage. They haven't adopted this place that, that it's my role to sacrifice for you. And even to the point of suffering, a real father will sacrifice for his children. Amen? Even to the point of suffering. It got quiet. Come on. Can I get an amen? All right? <laughs> But what does it look like when that anointing comes and rests, hovers over a whole community of people? Of like, I'm not in this only when it's convenient for me. I'm not in this. I'm not in this for what only I get out of this. I'm not in this for my betterment. I'm in this to see you succeed. I'm in this to see you come into victory. I'm in this so you can have your breakthrough. And in fact, I'm going to not just cheer you on, not just encourage you, not just say you can do it, but I'm going to sacrifice to make sure you get there. I'm going to preach myself happy. <laughs> what does it look like when there's an, env uh, an environment, an anointing resting on a place that people walk into that thing? Whoa, people are saying, I can do it. People are telling me that I'm amazing. People are telling me to go after my dreams, go after my vision. But not only that, they're telling me they're going to go with me. They're going to stand beside me and behind me and push me. And not only that, they're proving it. They're showing up week in and week out and they're sacrificing with me to see me coming to my breakthrough. Whoa. Somebody say revival. Oh, come on. Because we know how to worship. We love his presence. But when you get a whole community of people living like that, the devil starts trembling. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Whoa, an anointing. Anointing of fathering is being released. If fatherlessness is the problem, then fatherhood is the solution. And yes, it starts with men becoming great fathers. But what happens when the hovering of God comes and releases that anointing? And listen, that we, male and female, created in his image, that we together can pull on our good father and let him hover over us. Come on, thank you, Jesus. A couple of, can I get someone up on the keys? A couple of um, <clears throat> a quotes, I'm going to end, and then we're going to pray for the anointing of heaven's, heaven's fathering coming upon us. I got a couple of, a couple of quotes here that I, that I just really, really like. This one from John Cardi says, Every parent is at some point the father of the unreturned prodigal with nothing to do but to keep his house open to hope. John Hart says, The lone father is not a strong father. Fathering is a difficult and perilous journey and is done well with the help of others. I like this one. This one's just fun. Being a great father is like shaving. No matter how good you shave today, you have to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> All the uh, empty, empty nesters will relate to this one. A child em enters your home and for the next 20 years makes so much noise you can hardly stand it. The child departs, leaving the house so silent you think you're going mad. 
John Holmes. The last one. A boy needs a father to show him how to be in the world. He needs to be given swagger, taught how to read a map so that he can recognize the roads that lead to life and the path that leads to death, how to know what love requires and where to find steel in the heart when life makes demands on us that are greater than we think we can endure. Thank you, Jesus. Well, there's an anointing. Yeah, I had that, I had that dream. Gosh, I don't know how long ago it was. It was, it was at least 10 years ago, I would say. And the, the anointing of the forefathers coming on a movement of people. The anointing of the forefathers being restored. And they weren't perfect, but they had this, that they would sacrifice for the betterment of their children. That they were living to see the dreams of those under them fulfilled. Not for themselves to be pushed up on a pedestal. Sacrificial fatherhood. Thank you, Jesus. I believe now's the time that that anointing is being released. And there is an answer for addiction. There is an answer for homelessness and poverty. And we know that the answer is Jesus. We learned that in Sunday school. But really, specifically, it's, it's receiving this mantle of fathering from heaven. That changes circumstances and changes generations. And I want you to imagine with me what it looks like for someone to step into an atmosphere where the anointing of fathering from heaven is hovering. And if you want to be a part of that movement, what I believe God is releasing, and I'm not just talking about the people in this room, it's not a Bethel Austin thing, it's a kingdom of heaven thing. It's about our good father getting his full reward. It's about all of his children knowing just how good he is. If you want to be a part of what God is releasing from heaven, and I'm talking to men and women, I just want you to stand to your feet tonight. Father, I just pray that you would just come and that you would just begin to stretch out your wings over us right now. I'm just going to pray over you for a minute, and then I'm going to pray for you. God, I pray that you would just begin to release new vision over people right now because you're a good Father. That you release new vision, God, and that you release new breakthroughs, and that you release new ideas, Father, that you would release new inventions, that you would release creative thought, Father, that you would release keys, that you would release mysteries. I see him dropping keys for locks that have been locked for years and years and decades and decades. I see him dropping keys right now. Anybody in here have something that you've contended for for more than a decade? God is releasing keys right now. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you're a good father. And listen, if you want, personally, if you're like, bring, let this anointing of fathering rest in me, but also let it hover over me. I just want you to put your hand on your heart right now. Thank you, Father. Come. Come with your goodness. Come with your nature. Come with your freedom. 
Father, I thank you that you don't leave us orphans, but you call us sons and daughters. And Father, I thank you right now for anyone who needs to start a new story right now. I need you even to begin to rewrite their history. Father, I thank you for your hovering. Come right now. Just release new purpose, new heart, new healing, new vision, God. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for those of us who are standing in generational blessing. But I also thank you for those who need to start a new thing right now. I thank you, Father, that your anointing is here for that very thing. And God, we bless every father, natural father in the room. And we bless every father-to-be in the room. We bless uh, Ben Ben and Janessa Wade on our leadership team. They just had their baby yesterday. Baby Jasper was born yesterday. We bless you, Janessa. We bless you, Jasper. And we bless you, Ben, as a brand-new father. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. But I want you to just, one more time, I want you to picture with me what does it look like when this anointing of fathering from heaven begins to rest over a place. Just put your hand back on your heart. Just, I just want you to picture it. What does it look like when people walk in and they can't help but be encouraged because the anointing of fathering from heaven is resting? They can't help but believe for greater things. They can't help it because the Father is present. They can't help but receive healing from old, old wounds. And I just want you to say this over yourself with your hand on your heart. And just say, Father, make me a part of the movement. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Again, we bless all the fathers in the room. And we bless you all with the anointing of heaven for the goodness of our heavenly Father. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.